0: You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. All right, it's a blessing to be with you today. Thank you for the opportunity, uh, Brother Jason, to be a part of your uh, services and uh, things have just been so, so weird. And uh, it's just a different world that we live in. And I've heard a lot of catchphrases, right? The new normal. I hear that all the time. I'm getting kind of tired of listening to that phrase. But uh, the new normal is uh, the new normal, and we just are in that uh, time and age of, uh, of uncertainty. But uh, we were talking about earlier how that, you know, how could you uh, handle the things that are going on in our world if you didn't? have the Lord Jesus Christ to be a part of that and uh, so at any rate it's a blessing to be with you. We were here last summer, you may not remember that but we were here last summer uh, with our uh, assurance trio, the ladies trio from our college and uh, we were here that uh, Sunday night, uh, first Sunday in in June so here we are almost a year later and uh, things are so, uh, so different but at any rate it's a blessing to be with you. We're going to take our Bibles, if you would please, to Joshua chapter 4. Joshua chapter 4. And um, we do have a message that I think maybe will be a blessing and help to you tonight. uh, Doing something for Memorial Day. And um, uh, tomorrow, Monday, is Memorial Day. And uh, many families will get together and have barbecues, different things like that. But the Bible has a lot to say about... Memorials in our life. So, if you will please, and as I've already mentioned, Joshua, uh, chapter four, we're going to read down to verse number ten. Joshua chapter four, verse one. And it came to pass when all the people were clean passed over Jordan, that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, "Take you twelve men, out of the people, every uh, out of every tribe, a man." And command ye them, saying, Take ye hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm twelve stones, and ye shall carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place where ye shall lodge this night. Then Joshua called the twelve men, whom he had prepared of the children of Israel, out of every tribe a man. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of Jordan, and take ye up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according unto the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers In time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Then ye shall answer them, that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be, here's the word, for a memorial unto unto the children of Israel forever." And the children of Israel did as Joshua commanded, and took up twelve stones out of the midst of Jordan, as the Lord spake unto Joshua, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, and carried them over with them unto the place where they lodged, and laid them down there. And Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priest which bear the Ark of the Covenant stood, and they are there unto this day. For the priest which which bear the Ark stood in the midst of Jordan until everything was finished that the Lord commanded Joshua to speak unto the people. According to all that Moses commanded Joshua, and the people hasted and passed over. I've titled the message tonight just simply the phrase that we found in verse number six, what mean ye by these stones? Father, I pray that your blessings would be upon us today as we bring the message and I pray that you would speak to hearts, help us to understand the importance of having memorials in our life, that our children may see things that we do in our life to help them to become the men and women of God that we desire for them to be. So bless our time together in the Word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now I'd like to go back about 800 years before Jesus was born in Bethlehem. A father and his son are walking along the bank of the Jordan River near a place called Gilgal. We'll we'll look at that a little bit later. And as they walk along, they, the little boy notices a, a pile of stones that, obvious, that obviously they were placed there on purpose. It wasn't just the floodwaters that caused them. He could see, he could tell by the way that those stones were arranged. I thought about bringing some rocks and setting them up here on the side of the pulpit tonight. But they were, they were arranged in a way that it's obvious somebody had done that. So the little boy sees these rocks, and he looks at his father, and he says, Father, what do these stones mean? And so the father says to the little boy, Son, let's just sit down here on this log, and I'll tell you the story. And he, and he relates to, the, to his son the story of this particular event that we find in Joshua Chapter 4. There are 12 stones that are set up as a memorial to what God did for the children of Israel on that particular day. Now, maybe we've not given it a lot of thought, but there are several memorials that the Bible speaks of. The Passover, Exodus chapter 11 or chapter 12 and 13, was a memorial that every time that the children of Israel ate the unleavened bread, and, 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 and took the life of that lamb, that every time they did that, that it was to remember what God did for the children of Israel on, on that night. When they applied the blood over the door and on each doorpost. and if you take that and you draw a line down, and then one across, it, it formed the cross. And it was a picture of, the, of what God did for the children of Israel, the Passover. Baptism is a memorial. Every time someone follows the Lord in scriptural baptism, they are they that the, the words that are spoken is buried in the likeness of Christ's death, raised in the likeness of His resurrection to walk in newness of life. Meaning this, that every time that a person is baptized, that it is a memorial to what Jesus did for us on the cross of Calvary. He died and he was buried, but yet he rose again. So baptism is a is a memorial. The Lord's Supper is a memorial. In fact, Jesus says to his disciples, every time that you do this, do it what? In remembrance of me. So every time that we take the Lord's Supper, we are remembering what Jesus did for us on the cross of Calvary. Even our nation has memorials. If you've ever been to New uh, to, um, uh, Washington D.C. and been to the Vietnam Memorial or the the Memorial to Iwo Jima, the the, the flag raising on on the day that the Marines uh, got to, uh, to to raise the flag on Mount Suribachi in um, on on the on the island of Iwo Jima. Veterans Day is a memorial. Every time that we come to that day in November. It, it, it is to remember what those veterans did for us. Memorial Day, this week, Monday, this week is a to commemorate those that have given their lives for us. We just celebrated in Oklahoma City in April the 19th, the 20th anniversary of the bombing of the Murrow Building. And it was because of the COVID-19 um, Pandemic, we weren't able to, the the city wasn't able to give all the full attention that they desired to do for the 20th anniversary of this. September the 11th, 2001, we were in New York City last summer traveling and got to go to the, the site where that took place. So our nation remembers great events that took place in our life. It's it's interesting. Last summer was the 75th anniversary of the D-Day invasion. And just a little side note, somebody sent me a picture recently of a landing craft at Omaha Beach where almost 2,500 U.S. soldiers died on that day at Omaha Beach. And it's a picture of these soldiers wading toward Omaha Beach out of this landing craft. And somebody superimposed the picture of a, of a well-known athlete kneeling for the National Anthem and put that, that, that figure of that man kneeling at the, uh, for the National Anthem. And the thing that struck me is this, that many of those men that you see waiting toward Omaha Beach that day, within seconds after that picture was taken, their lives were ended. And the reason why that athlete could, nail, could kneel for the National Anthem is because of what those men did for him that day. So our nation has memorials. There are many memorials that we have, have in our lives and in the history of our nation. Now, so in our text, God tells Joshua to set up a memorial of stones. And it was designed for this purpose, to remind everyone that passed by that way when they saw those stones, it was to remind them of, that God did something wonderful for the children of Israel that day. That, by the way, that wasn't the very first time that God parted the waters. You remember that when the children of Israel left Egypt, that God parted the, the Red Sea. But, so he tells them to set up these stones so that when their children, when their future generations would ask, What mean ye by these stones? They would be able to relate to them. What God did. So, what is the purpose of the memorial that God had them build that day? Of those 12, that simple little 12 stones, or what, I don't think they were little stones because it says that they carried them out on their shoulders. But what was the purpose for God having them to set up those stones? Well, I think it was this number one, to shake their memory, to shake their memory. Now, isn't it easy to forget things? I forget things all the time. I have a calendar on my phone. I have a calendar on my desk. I have a wall calendar, and I still forget things. Somebody says this, I don't have Alzheimer's. I just have some timers. Sometimes I forget things. Another man said it this way, I have a photographic memory. It's just that the SD card is full. They, years ago, they, were, they advertised a, an herb that you could take to help you with your memory. And so I thought about getting something, some of it, but I couldn't remember what it was called. <laughs> so we tend to forget, don't we? We forget things. You know, if, you've, if you're a man and you're married, if you ever forget your uh, wife's so or your anniversary or her birthday, uh, you're, you're, you're in trouble. And, and, and we tend to forget. By the way, that problem of forgetting was not just a problem that we have in the 21st century. God had warned the children of Israel about the importance of not forgetting what he'd done for them. In Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 12, God says this, then beware, lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. So God had them set up those 12 stones, that heap of stones would be a reminder of who God is and what God had done for them. So why do we tend to forget about God and the things that he has done? Well, I think sometimes we forget God because we get in a hurry. In my Bible reading this morning, I just think this is awesome the way God just worked this out. I was reading, I'm reading right now through the book of Genesis. I started over in the Bible a, few, a couple of weeks ago, and I was just reading in chapter 15 and 16 in my Bible reading this morning. And in chapter 15 of the book of Genesis, God confirms the promise that he made to Abraham in chapter number 12. that he said, I'm going to make a seed from you. Through your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. You say, well, how does that happen? Jesus America is blessed today because of what God said to Abraham in chapter 12. And then in chapter 15, God, God is confirming to that, that promise that he made to Abraham. And then in chapter number 16, they got in a hurry. And, and, and they took matters into their own hands in chapter number 16. Because now at this time, I think in chapter 16, Abraham is 86 years old. Now, he left the Ur of the Chaldees when he's 75. So this is 11 years later and still God hasn't, in the minds of Abraham and Sarah, God hasn't fulfilled his promise. And so Sarah says to her husband, God's delayed this, he's, not, he's forgotten about his promise. So he says, she says to Abraham, I want you to take Hagar, my handmaid, and have a child by her. Did you know that one decision of their forgetting God's promises has affected even you and I today? They got in a hurry. Sometimes we get in a hurry, and when we get in a hurry, we tend to forget God. I think another reason why we forget God is that we get comfortable. We get comfortable in our lives. Hosea chapter 13, verse number 1, God says this to the children of Israel. He says, according to their pasture, so were they filled. They were filled, and their heart was exalted And then he says this, therefore have they forgotten me. I think sometimes we tend to forget God when we get comfortable. You know, when things are going good in our life, and I understand that in this particular time in our life, things may not be going good in, in, in your life, but I think as believers, as Christians, sometimes we get comfortable and we forget God. But the opposite also is true. Sometimes we forget God when we get uncomfortable. I don't know about you, but there have been some times during this pandemic time that I've gotten uncomfortable, worried, anxiety, wondering what's going to happen. Is is God still God? Does does he still remember my address? Does he still know what my needs are? Can I help you today? He does. And I think that we tend to get God when we get uncomfortable comfortable. We, we need to be reminded of this, how often God says in his word, I will never, what, leave thee nor forsake thee. We need to keep remembering that, don't we? We need to remember that God doesn't leave us. That, And I was telling somebody the other day, you know what, listen, has it ever occurred to you that nothing ever occurs to God? This pandemic, God didn't go, whoa, I didn't, I didn't see that one coming. But sometimes we forget. So God had them to put up this memorial, number one, to shake their memory. Number two, I think also that God had them put up that memorial to share their faith. And, and, and the phrase that's found there in verse number six, that and when the children ask you in time to come, what mean ye by these stones. Do do you realize what a wonderful opportunity God had given the children of Israel, particularly, I'm talking about parents, to be able to share their faith with their children. Well, Now, why why is that important? Why is it important for us as parents? And I'm just going to talk to us as parents. And I've got three children and seven grandkids and all of my children are grown and have their own families and such as that. And I, but I'm still a parent and I still want my children to follow the Lord. Now, we're not going to take the time to, to uh, spend a lot of time here. But I'd like for you to hold your place there at Joshua 4 and turn with me over to Psalm 78. For just a minute here, I want to show you some things in the 78th Psalm that I think are pertinent to you and I. In, our, in this day and age as parents. Psalm 78. Uh, in Psalm 78, verses 1 through 8, just a little bit of a review here. And that's a long psalm, so we're not going to spend a lot of time here. But in verses 1 through 8, God is challenging his, his people with some things about their children here. Psalm 78. Look at verse number 1. He says, give ear, O my people, to, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. And he says, I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings, which ye ha- we have heard and know, and our fathers have, look at this, have told us. We will not hide them from their children. Showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength, And his wonderful works that he hath done. For he established a testimony in Jacob. And appointed a law in Israel. Which he commanded our fathers. That they should make them known to what? Their children. That the generation to come might know them. Even the children which should be born. Who should arise and declare them to their children that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of the Lord, but keep his commandments. And might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. So here's what God is telling these generations. He's saying, here's what I want you to do. I want you to instruct your children. I want you to teach them from one generation to the next generation so that they won't forget who God is and his wonderful works. Now, as a parent, I think one of the worst attitudes that a parent can have is to adopt this by saying, I'm not going to force religion on my children. I will let them make up their own mind when they are old enough. Yes, that is not the right way to do that. Because here's what we do, and I I have this quote that I I put down. I I want you to listen to this. In the meantime, educational institutions, worldly entertainment, and peer pressure shape the minds and hearts of our children during those impressionable years. Parents, I want to challenge you with this. You have an obligation to make sure that your children know about your God. And God made it very clear to the children of Israel that from one generation to the next generation, each of us have the responsibility of bringing our children, yes, and even our grandchildren, up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Here's how John Phillips, in his commentary on Psalm 78, put it, and I love this. He says, What God wants is a spiritual chain reaction. Truths my father held will become truth that I hold. Truth I hold will become truth my sons hold. But it is not, the, not truth I hold because my fathers held it. It is truth I hold because it is true that God has commanded this kind of instruction and he will bless it. So God is just simply saying to that generation in Psalm 78, Listen, you have an obligation. And your obligation is that might not be, verse 8, that it might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. What I'm saying is this. There is a danger that our children will soon forget what God did. Now, I'm, I'm teaching this, this next semester, Joshua, Judges, and Ruth. And if you've read those three books, all three of those books are, Judges is in the midst of that, and, and I, the only word that I can use to describe Judges is it's a very bizarre book. Now, all right, so I have a Thompson Chain Bible, and I did some calculations. So again, and these dates aren't accurate. I, that's fine, but I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just trying to make a point here. According to the, some calculations that I did from my Thomson Chain Bible, the date of Joshua chapter 4 would have been around 1451 BC. Now, if you were to go to the next book, Judges, in Judges chapter 2, verse number 10, these words are found. There arose another generation after them which knew not the Lord nor yet the works which we which he had done for Israel. And again all right so the the date of Joshua chapter 4 according to calculations would have been 1451 BC. Judges chapter 2 verse 10 according to my Thompson chain Bible was written around 1425 B.C. Now, you, you gotta know from B.C., the dates are going downward. All right, so, so think with me. Joshua chapter four, he says, set up a memorial. Set up these 12 stones so that when your children ask you what mean by these stones, that you can relate to them what happened there that day. And then you look at Judges chapter two, verse 10, that this next generation grew up not knowing the God of Israel. So calculating the time, you're talking about 26 years later. From that generation where God says, set up these stones, 26 years later, there is another generation that grew up not knowing what God did. 26 years. Now that's less than one generation. You say, well, how, how do you think that happened? Somewhere along the line, the the parents did not teach their children what God had done. 26 years later, a quote I read is this, Christianity is one generation from extinction. You say, well, that's impossible. Tell that to the generation in Judges chapter 2. So, number one, to shake their memory. Number two, to share their faith. Number three, to shape their worship. Now go back to Joshua 4, and I will look at verse number 24, the last verse of Joshua chapter 4, verse 24. Look at this. And he says that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, that ye might fear the Lord your God. Now, so number three, the reason why God has had them establish this memorial was number three to share, shape their worship. The word fear in Joshua chapter four, verse 24 means reverential respect. It means this, to be in awe of who God is. Do you, do you, do you, know, what I, you know what I think? Now this personal opinion, it's not even in my notes. So I'm just gonna stop right here. Do you know, it could be that the reason why God has allowed American Christians to go through this time is, is that we're going through is because we've forgotten the awe of who God is. And, and, and maybe God wants us to get back to that place in our life where we remember we serve a mighty God. And he's able to do over and above what we ask or think. So God says, listen, here's what I want this to happen. I want these things to be a reminder to your people that we, you serve an awesome powerful, wonderful God. I, I've been listening to your live stream services and have enjoyed those and uh, you know during the time when we were at home and our church was shut down I would we would watch our Sunday school then we'd switch it over and watch my son's church uh, there in Tulsa at East Eastland Baptist Church their song service because my youngest son Josh was singing a lot and and then we would finish that up, watch our service, and, and things were a little bit shorter in those times. And, you know, we'd be done with our service before noon, and then I'd watch yours, and just, just I, I was getting filled up with church, you know, which is not a bad thing. And, and I remember your pastor preaching that, that sermon, what if and what is. Can I help you today? Forget about the what if, just remember who is. That God is, is, is able to do over and above what we ask or think. So God says, listen, I want these stones to be a reminder to help you to shape your worship. To remember who God is. And then number four, I think the reason why God had them set up this memorial was number four, to shatter their past. Again, look at verse nine of chapter four of Joshua. He says, and Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests, which bear the Ark of the Covenant stood, and they, and, and there, I'm sorry, and they are there unto this day. All right, so picture this. Joshua t- chose 12 men As the waters were parted to go back into the midst of Jordan, take out 12 stones and set them where the people lodged that night. But then he had those, perhaps those same 12 men go back out in the middle of the river and set up 12 more stones. So he got 12 on the shore and he got 12 in the midst of the river. And then once the Ark of the Covenant was passed through the midst of the Jordan River, the waters began to flow again. Just as soon as that happened. Just as soon as that happened. So before the ark and the priests came out of the water, 12 stones set up in the midst of the river. Then the river began to flow again. And you're thinking, well, why would God have them set up 12 stones in the middle of the river where nobody's ever going to see them? And you're right, they wouldn't be there. What a silly thing to do. No one's ever going to know that those stones are there because they are covered by the water. In fact, there were probably this. I don't know, but I'm thinking, all right, in the, 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 the swiftness of the water, right? Those stones were probably rolled away, don't you think? Probably that's happened. Probably that happened. Now, when God told the children of Israel, when they crossed the river, they were to go to a place called Gilgal, all right? Keep that thought in mind. Go to chapter 5, verse 29. I want to show you something here. Chapter 5 of verse 9. I said verse 29. Verse 9 of chapter 5. Look at this. And the Lord said unto Joshua, this day have I, what's the next phrase? Rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Did you know that the name Gilgal means rolled away? Here's the point I want to make 40 years of failure. You say, what do you mean? Well, they'd been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years because of disobedience. We know that. 40 years of disobedience. Of failure, Would that be a right way to describe that? Of failure. Because God had had the very best things for the children of Israel. But because of their disobedience, they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. But that failure was over. That defeat had been rolled away. And it had been carried in the midst of Jordan. So those stones that Joshua had, those men set in the midst of the Jordan River when the waters came back, pictures the shattering of a past and a new beginning. Can I help you today? There is another stone that pictures a new beginning that was rolled away. In Luke chapter 24, when the women came to the graveside and they saw the stone rolled away. Do you know why? Somebody said, well, because... That stone was rolled away so Jesus could get out of the tomb. I don't think that's the reason why the stone was rolled away. Jesus didn't have to have the stone rolled away to come out of the tomb. But it pictures this. God has rolled away the reproach of our sin. Rolled away, rolled away, rolled away. Every burden of my heart rolled away. Then it goes, every sin had to go. So when those women came to that gravesite and they saw the stone rolled away, that means this, for you and I, the past is shattered and it was the start of a new beginning. So here's some questions and I'm finished. Have Have you built some memorials in your life, some memorials maybe that aren't good memorials, shame or failure, regret, memorials of I can do my own thing and I can get to heaven my own way. Can I help you today? There's no way that you and I can get to heaven by our works. The stones that were set up on the bank of the Jordan River weren't just for remembering because there was another set of stones set up in the midst of Jordan that were covered by the water. The past, God is saying to the children of Israel, the past is removed. And here's a new beginning. Can I help you? It doesn't make any difference what you've done in your past. You can have a new beginning. So, well, my life is all messed up. I've made so many bad choices in my life. My life is all messed up. Can I help you today? God wants you to have a new life. And that new life can come through Jesus Christ. Parents, you have an obligation, you have a responsibility to your your children to teach them the things of God, to help them to know what God has done in your life can be done in their life as well. What mean ye by these stones? Let's pray.